Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. episode 11 and on the podcast today I get to interview a friend of mine who is very dear to me sister Dara Catherine of the Little Sisters of the Poor. Sister Dara and I went to college together and for the last decade she has been a little sister who spends her days serving the elderly of Denver. On this episode we talk about what's been going on with the Little Sisters and the HHS mandate which has been threatening to shut them down for several years now, as well as four things Sister wishes everybody knew about the elderly. We also have a holy water hack for you and a highlight that is an easy way to do a corporal work of mercy. So stay right here. Welcome back to the podcast. Lisa here. And as you know, we have a special guest on the show today. I am so excited about this because it's not very often that I get to interview somebody who I knew before they found their vocation. And that's the case here with Sister Dara, who I have with me. Hello, Sister Dara. Hello, Lisa. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. This is so fun. So we are currently at the Mullen home where Sister Dara is serving. She's a sister with the Little Sisters of the Poor. And just outside of us is the chapel. And we're kind of hanging out in this, I don't know, it kind of, it's a very, I don't know what the word for this room is, but it's got like super fun, fancy furniture. And it just feels like we should be having a cup of tea, I feel like. Sorry, I forgot the tea bags and the hot water. <laughs> That's right. That's okay. It's just so fantastic to be here. So we are... Um, We've got a special episode today um, with Sister, but before that, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit to explain how we know each other. As I said, I know Sister Dara pre-vocation because I met her, was it your freshman year in college? Something like that, probably. It had to have been, probably within the first few days, I feel like, arriving at Benedictine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Sister Dara, so she's a grade younger than me at Benedictine, and I was her Bible study leader, which is so cool. (laughs) God is so good. So we went to school together in Kansas and now we're both in Denver only for a short while longer though I almost don't want to talk about it but sister's recently been given a new assignment you want to tell them where you're headed yes I will be going to Tacna Peru Tacna Peru oh it's gonna be so much harder to see you a little bit yeah we don't do Skype (laughs) (laughs) oh will you even have internet there yes okay good that's good so you're not like totally off in the boonies email does exist down there Okay. Okay. This is good. So there's still some way. Um, but yeah, so we spent once a week together pretty much doing mm-hmm. Bible study and, and throughout, you know, of course we'd see each other at other times, not just at Bible study. Um, but so the fact then, you know, that now we're both in Denver. So I've been wanting to do this episode on how to elderly with sister, because that's what she does is she gets to work with the elderly here in the Mullen home in Denver, Colorado. And when I found out she was leaving, I was like, Ooh, pressure's on. We got to do this. <laughs> it's Time now. constraint. That's right. That's right. So we, uh, we quickly set up a date here to be able to talk about the elderly, which I'm very excited about. So one thing before we dive in, uh, another thing, I guess, because we already just did one thing. Uh, another thing is, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the Little Sisters of the Poor, because you guys have been all over the news. You're so famous. 
I know. We didn't try to be, but it's just kind of what was landed on our plate and we didn't have a choice. That's right. I just saw a YouTube the other day with the Little Sisters of the Poor with President Trump. I was like, oh my gosh, look at that. At the Rose Garden when he made his Religious Liberty Declaration. Yeah. Yeah. So could you give us a quick update on what's going on with the HHS mandate? Because I feel like I was following it for a while and then it just kind of, I I don't know. Where's it at? Well, it has kind of dropped off um, ever since it went before the Supreme Court. And um, very quickly, well, they had asked for additional briefs from both sides and finally did um, a ruling that wasn't a ruling um, in sending (laughs) it down to the lower courts, but with a stipulation that we could not be subject to the fines um, for not participating in the contraception mandate. And ever since then, so that's been 14, I think it was May of last year, so 14 months later, um, we are still waiting. And, of course, we were hoping that this religious declaration from President Trump and inviting the sisters to come forward and um, hoping that that would at least assure us that, okay, there is some support somewhere in Washington that even though we're still kind of in limbo, um, we don't feel like the bullseye is on us and we're still exempt from paying the fines, even though nothing's decided yet. Um, Because it was actually here in Denver at the uh, federal court that uh, had ruled against this and started this whole thing. Um, oh, where Denver started all of this? Well, that's where we had filed the original lawsuit saying, you know, we can't participate in this. Yeah. There's no religious exemption clause. So and your house was like the start of all this? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. I wasn't here. I was in France at the time. But um, yeah, it started here in Denver. Wow. Wow. Okay, so you're not paying fines now, but technically no. you could still, but it's looking as if it's going to rule in your favor eventually. And we're hoping at least um, if for whatever reason it would ever go back to the Supreme Court, you know, the, the new justice, we have a feeling would be, because he actually being here from Colorado, um, he was in favor of us. He actually was on the minority opinion of the of the case here in the federal court. So he did um, favor our, and recognize that we should have um, a religious liberty, a conscience clause in this um, so, yeah, we're just pretty much waiting for our lawyers and the federal government lawyers of um, the HHS department um, to work on a compromise because that's what the instructions they were given from the Supreme Court, that this is workable. The government can find out ways without involving religious organizations to, you know, give women contraceptives through another way. Wow. Wow. Well, I know it's been quite the ordeal on your community, mm-hmm. but... Um, that's amazing to hear that it, it sounds like things are continuing. I mean, you're still here. The house yes. is still here. You're still serving. And my goodness, we need you. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, awesome. Well, what Sister Dara has for us today, um, because you do work with the elderly, correct? Yeah. Do you want to tell how about tell everybody a little bit about what, what does it look like? What is it that you do? Okay, well, here we live under the same roof. So, we literally share our home. Uh, with the elderly poor that uh, live with us and they come from all backgrounds they can come from all faiths and uh, we have every form of living arrangements from apartments to those who are pretty still they have you know a lot of their faculties they can cook they can um, do their laundry but they probably just can't afford the high cost of living that Denver and other cities we're at are currently experiencing or they just have no family support at all. And we also have assisted living for those who just still need a little a little help, can do some things for themselves. And then we have nursing, which is the 
nursing care, which is the majority of our residents here and most of our homes, um, those who do need kind of 24-7 um, assistance, whether, you know, it's with their, their medicines or uh, just the simple activities of daily living and um, in sharing our days with them. So we're there for their breakfast. We're there for, you know, all their meals um, to help them get up in the morning. And we have a very vibrant activities program. Mm-hmm. And you've seen our auditorium with complete with stage. We love to mm-hmm. entertain and um, really help them to find, maybe even discover t- talents they never knew they had, whether it's, you know, painting or coloring or Mod Podge, and having them just with that satisfaction that, okay, just because I moved into a nursing home, even though we try to say home for the elderly, and that they have still something to give. And even those maybe with a crippling arthritis or maybe a debilitating stroke, we try to find still ways that even with a listening ear, that they know that they have still have something left to give. That's awesome. And how many sisters are here uh, in your community here at, at Mullen Home? Uh, right now we're eight sisters. Eight. That's so beautiful. Yes, in fact, right now, Kevin, who usually is on the podcast with me, he's with our kids. They're passing out ice cream. So they're having a blast. We did this a couple of weeks ago, too. <laughs> yes. I don't know who has more fun, the elderly or the kids. <laughs> That's right. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We um, we haven't been coming as, as we our, our goal is to come once a month. It's been more like once every six, seven weeks or so. Um, but we've been coming to see Sister Dara because, well, one, we love Sister Dara. And it's great for my kids to be able to see sisters and to not be afraid of habits or think it's weird, but to realize, oh, no, they're normal, happy, joyful people. Um, I and was then, honored to be called Mother Teresa by <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the first time. Oh, that's right. Oh, thank she you. Can't. Not quite. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, she's saying... Where's Mother Teresa? <laughs> what are you talking about? She said, Mother Teresa. Where is, where's she? Isn't she coming? We're like, do you mean Sister Dara? <laughs> so, that's right. Oh, Jeej. Our little Grace. Um, yeah, so we've been coming to, to visit, and we get to do fun things like pasta ice cream. Um, and two, so not only do I want my kids to be able to hang around the sisters and see religious life as, as a happy, joyful lifestyle, um, but also to get to spend time with the elderly and not be afraid or shy to talk to somebody who mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, um, maybe look or act in the way that that a, a mom or dad or, you know, whoever they typically see. So it's just been really great and a lot of fun um, to be able to come do that. So Kevin and the kids are passing out ice cream while we podcast. It's a great day. Yes. It's a great day. So sisters got for us. I wanted her to put together... Um, just a little bit about what she wishes everybody knew about the elderly because we live in a time where uh, it's just incredible what's going on in our culture with the way that we see life um, and and caring for the elderly especially the elderly who are poor um, I think is something that we are called to of course as Christians and Sister Dare does that in a beautiful way so she has this amazing insight into the life and the, the gifts and the joy that can come from life even when you're no longer you know living in your own home completely independently so she's got four things that she wishes everybody knew about the gift of the elderly and what they can give to us so 
Do you want to give us your first of course. one? Um, what comes to mind right away and what we've been so delighted with um, ever since Pope Francis was elected, practically, he has brought up the elderly so much in his Sunday homilies, um, different addresses, even talking to the cardinals the other day. He was talking about grandfathers. And what he emphasizes and we see every day is the wisdom that is gained by just decades of lived experience what the our residents have gone through and to see what they have how they've been strengthened by that uh, whether it's um, going through you know the world wars or we have women who they lost their husbands at a young age and raised their kids by themselves and so now they've lived through that they can look back and see you know what they've learned and just the peace that comes with that the a surety that no, no matter what, um, they have made it through. And I just think with the wisdom that w- with that, we have to take the time to listen. And that's exactly what, you know, we don't see. We're in the world of, well, let me just Google it. Or the <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Instantaneous. You know, will you sit down and have, you know, a 10-minute conversation with an elderly person? Or do you just want, you know, the eight-second, like, results? Where's the clip notes? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we just want everything, the quick answer. Well, the maturity of the years, you know, they've taken 80, 90 years to get to this point. And if I take the time to listen... You know, it's coming from a person. It's not coming from a textbook. It's not coming from a professor's lecture. It's coming from, like, I did this or I saw this and this really happened. Um, and just, you know, wisdom is, be- it's like good wine. It's better with age. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I feel like it's such an interesting age that we live in where we, you're right, we do. Um, so often we turn to, we think the internet's the expert on everything mm-hmm. when there's, in front of us if we look and if we reach out there's this whole community of of the world that Mm -hmm. can give us that wealth of knowledge that they've experienced Mm -hmm. yeah that's I remember a couple times we have sat down with residents and it's really fun to watch the kids just ask questions Mm -hmm. and some of the questions are like is that really relevant like why are you asking that (laughs) but (laughs) but they humor us the residents always humor us you know and they answer those questions and I just I think it's fascinating to learn Mm -hmm. history and to learn it from a firsthand source is just amazing Right. And we don't, it's beautiful to see like the elderly, they don't feel old. Some of them might have, you know, arthritis or aches and pains, but like, why does a confused elderly 85 year old, when you ask her old, she is say like, Oh, 35, 40, like it's, it's the body that ages, but the spirit doesn't. So you mm. still have a lot of life and vivaciousness. Um, it's almost the best when they don't realize how old they are and they just act like, you know, they were the young adult they always were. Oh, that's awesome. Very good. All right. So that's the first thing is just the wisdom that they can give to us. What is the second thing you wish everybody knew about the elderly? I think how much they can give us hope um, and seeing, you know, they are, first of all, they are still here. They're the survivors mm-hmm. of um, those who have made it. And when, so when I see the elderly, you know, they earned those wrinkles mm-hmm. and, you know, they've been able to weather God knows how many storms. I mean, as a sister, I am very, very humbled frequently by how much. Sometimes I almost feel like, am I in the confessional? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just, you know, wearing this habit and being a sign of Christ and how much the elderly just open up in some of even some of the most hurtful times in their in their past. 
and like, well, wow, like you're, you're still here. You know, you, you made it through and mm. how much that gives us hope that, you know, whatever losses I may have in my own, you know, journey, whether it's, you know, trials of faith, you know, when they had probably years when they just didn't feel that God was there or just physical losses. Um, this year alone, we've had probably four residents lose their children and to support parents when wow. their children die, that's never easy, no matter if you have gray hair or not. And, but just to see just that tenacity and that they still just, you know, they, they keep going. And it gives me hope that, you know, it is possible no matter what um, this life may bring that, you know, with God's grace, it is always survivable. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I can imagine, you know, 80, 90 years of life. I can mm-hmm. think about my own life. I've had many times where I've had to struggle through disappointment and things and, I'm sure, especially for many of them who lived through the wars, I'm sure they face things Mm -hmm. that would seem unfathomable to me, yet they're still here, like you said, Mm -hmm. and they're still living and breathing and have hope and what a witness. All right. Well, it is time for our mid-show hacks and highlights. And our hack today comes from a friend of mine who was on the podcast last season, Beth Shree. We did a fun podcast on how to Jane Austen. So you can check that out. She texted me a hack the other day that I just loved. And so I am excited to share it with you here. She says, I have a hack idea for you. That is the power of holy water. I recently have put holy water in spray bottles, the cheap ones from the travel section at Walmart. And I labeled them and put them all over my house. I spray my kids down with them as well as all of our technology items each night before bed, because every little bit of grace helps, right? I just love this hack because with my kids, I've got a three-year-old and there have been so many times where we've given her the holy water to bless herself or you know it's it's night you're blessing her and the holy water spills everywhere but the spray bottle brilliant you can just spray the kids and you're not going to spill holy water everywhere and i also love the fact that beth sprays down her electronics what a great little catholic hack there because who knows what's coming through on our computers these days so it's just such a gift to be able to have just one more little way of getting grace in our life So that is our hack for today. Get yourself a spray bottle, put some holy water in it, label it, and just keep your house holy. It's kind of like for breezing holy water. Um, There you go. And our highlight today, kind of in line with what we're talking about today with the elderly, uh, there are about 4,500 homes for the elderly that are Catholic homes throughout the United States. So we just want to highlight that fact. What amazing, what an amazing church we have then we have care from the beginning of life to the end of life. And if you know somebody who is maybe entering into that phase of life, um, consider sending them or having them. I shouldn't say sending. That sounds like they're going to school or something. But um, consider having them at a Catholic home. I think it's so beautiful to be able to support those Catholic homes where they can go and they can get mass and the sacraments and they have priests around. Um, and also if you have a local place in your own area, which you probably do, there's 4,500, go ahead and go visit a Catholic nursing home and and visit with those who are there. I know I have a grandpa who's in a nursing home with Alzheimer's and he's in Omaha, so I don't get to visit him very often, but I do have the ability to come to the Mullen home here with my kids and we can visit somebody else's grandpa. So I hope there are people visiting my grandpa as I'm visiting perhaps their grandpa since we are so far apart. 
So those are our hacks and highlights for today. Awesome. All right. It is time for our third thing that Sister Dara wish everybody knew about the elderly. I want to share how much that they can increase gratitude in us. Uh, I think, first of all, look around. And really, when's the last time that you saw an elderly person on a billboard? It's usually, if it is, it's probably about life insurance. (laughs) And, or even on TV, on the shows. When do you see an elderly person in a wheelchair? It might be okay to advertise like anti-aging wrinkle cream. Um, But to actually cherish and um, respect and show um, the elderly stage of life as something beautiful, we just don't see anymore. So, okay, if we're not seeing the elderly, what uh, what do we see in our society? Well, we see you know, the buildings, the roadways, the schools, the, and where did all that come from? Like, we didn't build it. It's just mm. we came into this world and it was already there. Well, it was our past generations that did all of that for us. We didn't have to reinvent the wheel. We didn't have to start from scratch. And where, so where would we be without our past generations? I mean, it is a whole heritage that we've received and you know so thank god that we have our past generations that have really you know established us where we are and that's why i say gratitude because i've received so much from those who've come before me that i feel like i'm hardly contributing to society in comparison Mm -hmm. so in just that special way that i can be just so grateful for the past generations for their you know their hard work ethic for their perseverance and pride in what they did when we see the architecture architecture of the past times and kind of the quick jobs that sometimes we find today like wow some of the most beautiful things that we have were from the past generations that just really loved just the artisanal work and um, the discoveries they've made you know thank goodness that we haven't had to rediscover everything um, even you know our grandma's favorite recipe for apple pie I mean the down to yeah, the how right. much we receive from them and you know with gratitude well that also comes with thanking them thanking them for how much that we've they've done because a lot of our elderly now they just see the present and what they can't do so when we emphasize to them on how much they contributed how much we owe them they um it's very humbling when they have to ask for help and after having been you know an independent adult who raised their children and maybe helped with their grandchildren and then to be at that time in their life where they have to you know push a call light and just ask you know can i have a glass of water to not even be able to do that for themselves anymore when we can emphasize maybe even looking over their old pictures with them and help them to i mean reminiscing kind of puts them back to when they were in their glory Mm, i love that i love that because we do we live in a time that's so entitled it's almost mm-hmm. like, well, I deserve these roads. <laughs> it's like, well, no, somebody sweat for that road, yeah. you know, and worked hard to create this infrastructure. And I mean, we're sitting in a building here that's what, 100, 100 years, years old, old in, yeah, this year. Yeah, 100 years old. And somebody put their love and their energy and their time into building this amazing building. that, And it's still standing. Yeah, <laughs> it's still standing and is... Who knows, maybe caring for somebody who built it mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, housing somebody who built this home. That's beautiful. I would have never thought about it that way. Just to have that gratitude for for what they did do that's brought us to, to mm-hmm. be able to enjoy it. And Pope Emeritus um, Benedict XVI, when he visited our home in London a few years ago, um, when he was the current Holy Father, he had um, mentioned that, that it is not them who owe us, but that we, and he, his turn of phrase was that we owe them a debt of gratitude. Mm. 
Good work, Pope Emeritus. That's so great. I was <laughs> when you said that too. It just reminded me too that here in this building, there's a picture out in the foyer because you guys are celebrating your hundred years in the home mm-hmm. of JP two here. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. World Youth Day back in '93. Yes, he was here somewhere. I'm, I'm sure maybe you've probably stepped over his footsteps millions of times and maybe didn't even so. know it. We're very blessed. Pope Francis <laughs> visited our home in Washington D.C. too. So. Oh, that's awesome. I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. that. that was like a surprise visit. It was. Uh, <laughs> he was canonizing um, Junipero Serra at, at the Basilica right across the street from us. And then we had to rush home and greet him at their door. Oh, that's so awesome. The popes love you guys. I love that. So amazing. All right. So what is our fourth and final thing that you wish everybody knew about the elderly? First, um, probably one thing that sometimes we automatically think of, but maybe in the morbid sense that, okay, they are like, you know, nursing home. It's, you know, one door, one step before the grave. And that's why lots of people think, oh, nursing homes are just like depressing places. Mm -hmm. These people are just waiting to die. But when the elderly are really cared for and loved and accompanied, um, it's a joyful pilgrimage. I mean, that's what we call life a pilgrimage. Why would you give up when, you know, you're on the last, you know, legs Mm -hmm. of, of the pilgrimage, the goals in sight. And so they're closer to heaven. And we really gain um, just that insight from them. When you see, when you know, you know, maybe I only have a year or two, maybe five years left, or maybe just a few months, like you really see how the elderly prioritize, like they know, they, they drop the superficial, and they're <laughs> often a lot more real with you. Oh, You're yeah. Like, Why mince words when you know, this yep. is this is close to, you know, my big entrance, the big finish line. And, you know, they're, they're closer to heaven. And there's often a piece in that. Um, it's a very, very powerful, very intense ministry because not everyone has had an easy life. Um, and sometimes they've been grappling with things for decades that they never found peace with. Um, and that's kind of our role. There are prayer warriors, but we're constantly praying for them just that the grace of God and his mercy will break through. Um, But for so many, they are examples to us. And what is this preparation, Um, this wisdom, that reminder that this life is not all there is, that we are getting ready for the eternal home. And since we're getting to know those who are a lot closer to it maybe than than we are, um, helping them reach the ultimate goal kind of helps us prepare for, gosh, you know, how ready am I? What, you know, what am I doing to get ready for my, you know, final stages? Um, because we don't want to wait till we're old to be the holy little, you know, holding my rosary. Like, why not start mm-hmm. now? And the dead end of the pilgrimage will be a lot more stronger. Mm. It's kind of this visual of, um, as you're talking about that, like, kind of like in a marathon, like that last mile, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's there cheering you on and they're so excited and you're exhausted, but you're so excited. <laughs> and like, that's really where they're at. Like they're, they're at the end and it's not, it shouldn't be the sad, morbid time, but mm-hmm. a time of, you know, getting prepared and getting excited that yeah. like you've run the race. Like it's almost time to, to finish and to get to go home. Right. And if we support people for things like that, and that's why um, there's this ministry to the elderly. And that's where the need is so, so um, under ministered to um, every elderly person person should have someone you know cheering them on and accompanying them um because what has happened when we don't well we have physician assisted suicide creeping up Mm -hmm. in legislations across the country it's an easy way out you don't have to accompany someone you just let them go Mm -hmm. yeah and i know that's something that you guys obviously (laughs) feel strongly against because it's your day-to-day you get to live it and see it what do you think would be the biggest um 
like what would we be missing out on the most if that were to pass? Well, sadly, like, as in here in Colorado, it already has. That's right. And so um, instead of making it, it, we know we know the road to making it go back to being illegal is a lot harder than just making it unthinkable. Um, I've taken a lot from the Students for Life of America, and they're trying to make abortion unthinkable. Well, let's make um, physician-assisted suicide unthinkable. If I'm being loved and uh, surrounded by people who care for me, uh, why would I, you know, want to end it all? And knowing that I still have something left to give to my loved ones and that I'm not a burden and I'm not a drain on resources, um, I think it's just showing that, you know, if we end life when it is so fragile and frail at either end, um, we end up just really devaluing all life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's such a heavy note to end on here. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, really, it's, it's, we do. I, you know, I, I almost forget about it because it's not in my day to day. I don't see it every mm-hmm. day. But yeah, we do. We live in a state that physician assisted suicide, one of the few. Yeah, it was just passed here in November. Mm-hmm. Um, voter, and it's just we have a long way to go with evangelization. 65% of Coloradoans voted for it. Mm. Not me. <laughs> me neither. Yep. <laughs> Oh, well, there's so much that can be still uh, just given in life, no matter what stage you're in. And as long as God, you know, wills for you to be here, there's something for you to do here. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, um, it's easy to try to skirt and try to walk away from it and not have to deal with suffering. And I mean, I think ultimately we forget that there's so much that can be learned in suffering. And don't forget the apostolate of the smile because you can do that at any stage. I love that. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Sister Dara. It's been so fun to get to chat with you here. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. My first podcast. <laughs> Yay. Um, so we're going to leave you here today with one last thing, our how-to challenge, which we love to do at the end of every episode, make it practical for you. And our how-to challenge, I kind of alluded to with our highlight, is to go and visit a Catholic nursing home and spend some time with the elderly just for all of these things that sister wishes, you know, that everybody knew and everybody got to experience, um, go and talk with them, gain that wisdom from over the decades and learn about their hope and their stories and and allow that hope to, to, to kind of feed you. Um, and remember with gratitude, uh, just all that they have done for us and remember that end goal of heaven. I think these are all things that when we encounter the elderly, that, can really help us grow in our own Catholic faith. So that is our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, be saints. It's worth it.